This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Dancing You Yarns. Visit the shop online at www.dancingyou-yarns.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for episode 36 of Never Not Knitting. I have a really fun episode in store for you today, but first, why don't I announce the winner of a last episode's drawing giveaway? Everyone who left a comment under the show notes for episode 35 was entered to win the Icelandic yarn and video from Raga of Knitting Iceland. I randomly chose between all of the comments left. And I'm happy to announce that the winner is a commenter that goes by the name of Penelope 10. So, Penelope, when you hear this, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com with your mailing address. That way I can contact Raga and get this prize sent out to you right away, all the way from Iceland. So if you're listening and you didn't win this drawing, not to worry. I announce a new prize drawing practically every episode, so you'll have many more opportunities to enter to win a prize. Okay, so now for my knitting update. Now that's a boring story. I've had one of those months where I feel like I'm knitting and working so much, but practically have nothing to show for it. As I told you last episode, my life has been kind of crazy lately with all sorts of new changes. Besides some personal things, I've been working on this huge project for Never Not Knitting, a non-knitting or yarn-related project, that is, and also recently we've moved houses, which I hate because it is a ton of work. We've gone from a three-bedroom house to a two-bedroom. So, unfortunately, I lost my home office and, most importantly, my yarn storage closet. Oh yeah, and we also don't have a garage anymore, so yeah, my poor yarn collection has, well, no really good place to live right now. Yes, my friends, moving has caused me to come face to face yet again with the enormity of my yarn stash. I think that you would actually be really shocked if you saw it in its entirety. I'm a little shocked myself. It's just a massive, massive amount of yarn. It's so ridiculous. And my problem with it isn't guilt-related. Like I've said before, I no longer feel guilty about having it or anything. But when I found out we were moving, I had more of a pressing problem at hand. As in, where the heck was I going to put it all? Where exactly is it going to fit in my tiny new place? So in moving my mountain-like piles of yarn around, I've done a little soul searching, and I've realized that there is a deeper issue here. I don't have this much yarn just because I happen to 
like yarn. No, I'm now painfully aware of a simple fact about myself. I'm pretty sure that I am a yarn hoarder. Really. Really, I am. Why else? Why else would I have this much yarn? And it's not even just the size of my stash that leads me to this conclusion. It's also my unwillingness to part with any of it. For instance, when we first decided to move, I tried to downsize my yarn. I really did. I, I did try. I went diving through my gigantic yarn bins, and that's bins as in plural, and while I was in there, I plucked out all of those what was I thinking skeins from the stash. And these skeins sat in a nice little pile for a very long time in the corner of my old office. I had the intention of taking photos and posting them up for sale on Ravelry or something. That was my intention. Really, it was. Instead, the pile just sat there for a couple of weeks and I stared at it and in doing so discovered that I in fact had very good reasons for not getting rid of them. I would tell myself, hmm, well, this yarn isn't that bad. So what if the color resembles vomit? This yarn is nice, it's soft. Or, well, I would never ever wear something out of this yarn, but that one girl that I barely know and that I've never actually spoken to, well, she would like it. I should save this yarn and make something for her or something. So just no matter what I do, I just can't help but feel like I can't get rid of this yarn. I can't get rid of any yarn because I just might need it in the future. It is all mine and it just must live with me. Some of this yarn has been in my stash for so long now that it's practically part of the family. I'm so bad about this yarn hoarding thing that I even have a hard time parting with oddballs or partial skeins left over from projects. In the rare occasions that I've given oddballs away to friends, I usually roll off a little bit for myself beforehand. Because, you know, I, I just might need 20 yards of red cotton yarn someday. Classic hoarding behavior, isn't it? Now, looking back, there have been a few occasions where I've given away substantial amounts of yarn to people that I really, really like. I'm ashamed to admit that I still think of that yarn. It may be out of my house, but it is not out of my heart. The funny thing about all of this is that I don't really hoard anything else. In this move, I've given household items away left and right. I've given bags of clothes to Goodwill. I'm really happy to part with pretty much everything that is ugly or that I'm not using, except for yarn that is. Well, yarn and messages. I know it's weird, but I also hoard messages. I never delete them. I never delete messages or emails. For example, 
I just looked at my Ravelry inbox before I started recording, and it currently has 5,100 messages in it. And also, my cell phone voicemail inbox is completely full. So, yeah. But that's another story. So, thankfully, we're pretty much done moving now, and I'm getting settled into my new place. And guess what? All of those bags of ugly yarn that I should have sold or given away are right here with me. Since I was unable to part with anything yarn-related, it was interesting trying to figure out how to fit it in my new house. I have yarn under beds, I have yarn in drawers, and also I have yarn taking up a rather large section of our clothes closet. And because I figured my family wouldn't really love the idea of a large pile of yarn occupying our small living room floor, I had to regrettably put some yarn into storage. So it's still mine, but it's not currently living with me in the house. So yes, cleaning out my stash has proved to be very self-enlightening, but also has been rather entertaining at the same time. And that's because I've come across all sorts of crazy things from my knitting past. I found the remains of my first short sleeve bulky cotton sweater, and that was the sweater I talked about in episode three, I believe. And finding that was just funny. That sure was a trip down memory lane. In the deep recesses of the stash, I also found buttons and patterns that I forgot I even had, and I even found these special skeins that I bought like five or more years ago when novelty yarn scarves were all the rage. I remember, in particular, on a trip to San Francisco several years back, buying these expensive, glittery, hairy, ribbony balls of yarn, and not the subtle, well-done, beautiful kind of novelty yarn, but the garish, uber-sparkly kind, to make the most, uh, beautiful scarves or something. At the time, I felt like these yarns were so perfect, so beautiful, that I could not possibly use them. They were just so perfect at the time that I was afraid of wasting it. So I kept them tucked away in anticipation of finding the perfect project to show them off. So while I was waiting for this absolutely perfect pattern to appear, the yarn went very much so out of style. Now I look at those skeins and I wonder how I could have possibly, possibly purchased such gaudy yarn for myself. Even though I'll probably never use these yarns, I still like having them though, because they represent a knitting era for me, a little piece of my knitting life. I really do agree with what Stephanie Pearl McPhee writes in her books about yarn stash. She says that yarn stash is like a knitting scrapbook, and I just think that is so true. So because of the projects that I'm working on for my business right now, and this whole moving thing, I've been kind of distracted from actually knitting. I feel like I have been knitting a lot, 
I just haven't been able to knit well. My mind seems to just be elsewhere lately, and it's hard for me to stay focused. I did finish a new adult design project that took me way longer than it should have. I ripped out and restarted that piece more times than I care to admit to you. So I am so happy that it's finally done now, and I will be talking all about that one in the next podcast episode. So other than that one, I did start another little sweater design. This one is a children's sweater. And I decided to do that because my last three designs have been for adults, and I just really missed doing a small little children's item. They're so much less stressful to design because the sizing doesn't have to be as perfect as an adult garment, and also they're just so quick to knit. And besides that, I just love taking pictures of my daughter modeling little sweaters. It's just really cute. This one is another top-down design, and it's knit all in one piece, and I really like designing patterns in this way. So far, all of my garments that I sell through Never Not Knitting are constructed in one piece, and I think most knitters really appreciate this form of construction, because most people hate seaming. I know that it's not my favorite thing. So right now, I'm about halfway through the yoke of the sweater and I'll be sharing pictures of that on my blog very soon. But I don't want to tell you too much about the design details for fear that I might have to rip out and rework the entire thing, which definitely could happen. But let's really, really hope that it doesn't. So for this new project, I am fittingly using a brand new yarn that is just now hitting the shops. It's organic, it's colorful, and it is designed by Amy Butler, the very well-known fabric designer. So, as long as I'm talking about it, why don't I just go ahead and... Bring on the product reviews! So this fabulous new yarn is called Bell Organic, and it's put out by the Rowan Yarn Company. And like I said, it was designed by Amy Butler. She's very well known for creating the most beautiful fabrics, sewing patterns, and pattern books. I'm not even into sewing, and I'm a fan. My sister-in-law sews, and she always has these really cute fabrics, and every time I inquire about them, they always end up being Amy Butler fabrics. They're just really fun and really cute. The patterns and colors she puts together are just amazing. Her style is just really awesome. So when I heard about the new Amy Butler yarn, I was super excited. So Bell Organic comes in two different weights. They have an Aran weight and a DK weight. And I'm currently using the DK weight in the persimmon colorway for my daughter's sweater. I find that DK is a really nice weight for spring and fall. And this persimmon, which is kind of a coral color is super bright and cheery. The DK weight has 131 yards per 50 gram ball with a recommended gauge of five and a half stitches per inch on a size six. It's made up of 50% organic wool and 50% organic cotton, which is such a great all season blend. 
This is also a blend that I find is very sturdy. And my past experience with cotton wool blends is that they wear very nicely. This particular yarn is made up of lots and lots of tiny little plies that are then plied together, which truthfully isn't my favorite yarn construction method, but it does produce a very nice round strand of yarn that offers super good stitch definition. And I find that yarns that are spun in this way seem to pill a lot less than more loosely spun yarns. So that's definitely a good thing. Also, the way that these fibers are spun gives this yarn some bounce in life, making it very nice to knit with. Before I started the sweater project, I knit up a swatch and washed it according to the instructions on the label, which by the way is a hand wash in cold water. And I was really pleased to see that the fabric softened and the yarn fold really nicely. So I'm imagining that this will make a really comfy, long-wearing sweater for my daughter. Amy Butler additionally came out with a knitting pattern book for the belly yarn, which I am super eager to get my hands on. It's also through Rowan, and it's called Midwest Modern Knits, and it contains 24 designs for women and home accessories. Amy's sewing patterns are so cute, so I'm sure that these knitting patterns are equally awesome. From what I can tell online, the pictures look pretty amazing, so I cannot wait to see this book in person. So, if the new Amy Butler Yarns and Pattern Book interests you, you'll be pleased to know that this episode's sponsor, Dancing You Yarns, has every single color of Amy Butler Bell Organic in stock, and is offering the Never Not Knitting listeners 15% off the entire selection of yarn until June 15th. In order to receive your discount, simply enter the code NNK1 in the checkout process. This is really cool because you don't often get the opportunity to buy a brand new yarn on sale. So definitely go check out the Dancing You Yarn site. Again, the address is www.dancingyou-yarns.com. Also, I'll be hosting a special Amy Butler drawing giveaway on my blog in the next couple of days. I have a little sampling of her new products to give away to one of my listeners or blog readers, so be sure to stop by and enter. Also, in the show notes of this episode, I'll be providing a link to more information about the Bell Yarn the new pattern book, and also Amy Butler's homepage. I really enjoyed looking through her website and learning a little bit more about her and all of the products that she offers. She is one talented lady. You'll have to go there and see for yourself. I know you'll enjoy it too. This episode's knitting story was contributed by podcast listener Jessica from Brooklyn, New York. And I'm very pleased to share her story of Embracing the Bump. I'm a relatively new knitter. I've only been knitting for about one year. I had bought one of those I taught myself to knit kits that included an instructional manual and two sets of aluminum straight needles. At the same craft store where I purchased this kit, I also purchased a skein 
of 100% cotton yarn. I obviously was clueless about fibers, yardage, gauge, or how to either knit or purl for that matter, but I had images of beautifully knitted hats, scarves, sweaters, and blankets dancing in my head, so off I went. A short while after I'd been bit by the knitting bug, my cousin told me that she was pregnant. Perfect, I thought. Now I had a whole new life to knit for. Let me take a moment to remind you that I had in my possession at that time a single skein of pink cotton yarn and two sets of straight needles in sizes 8 and 6. So far I had knitted through the instructional manual, which included countless rows of garter stitch, ribbing, and stockinette. I felt ready, confident, in fact positively certain that it was time to commence with my first actual project. You know, where you actually finish a piece and not just aimlessly knit rows and rows of stitches. I planned to knit my cousin's anticipated new arrival, a baby blanket. I searched online and found the perfect pattern. I was about to embark on my adventure with the super easy baby blanket by Wits Knits found on the Pearl Bee. It was simple garter stitch, 40 rows of each color with seven color changes. I purchased seven skeins of gorgeous Alchemy Temple yarn all in different, beautifully vibrant fall colors. As a side note, I proceeded to knit the first skein without bothering to wind it first. But that's another tale for another time. After what seemed like forever, I actually figured out how to use the yarn and cast on. And I was finally knitting. Meticulously, I counted my stitches after each row was completed. I wanted to make sure I hadn't accidentally added a stitch. Late into every night, ignoring my husband's protests, I had worked on that blanket. One morning, after yet another late-night knitting marathon, I took out my project to admire my work. I was almost done with the first color. As I lovingly gazed at each stitch, there it was. I could see it as plain as day, mocking me, tormenting me, yes, laughing at me. Two pearl bumps amid my sea of garter stitch. I stared at those two pearl bumps and cried, wailed. My husband ran in and asked, What's the matter? I held up the evidence to his face and said, Don't you see those two bumps? All my hard work, ruined. I can't give someone a handmade garter stitch baby blanket with these two bumps. Knitting had to be perfect, right? So I dutifully frogged my blanket and started over. Once again I cast it on, counted stitches, counted rows, made sure there were absolutely none of those pesky pearl bumps. This time, I actually managed to reach my first ever color join, but, you guessed it, middle of knitting with my second color, I found it. Another pearl bump. So once again I frogged, although thankfully this time, I only lost a few rows. In case you're wondering, I did actually finish this blanket, although it was delivered a few months after the baby's arrival. Shortly after I completed this project, I was reading Susan B. Anderson's blog entitled, I Pearled My Knit which posted on February 17, 2010. Susan discussed how she too found that infamous pearl bump in her knitting, but the amazing thing was she didn't frog. She embraced it. I couldn't believe it. Thus, Susan B. Anderson pearls her knit sometimes, and it doesn't bother her. I grew as a knitter that day. A knitted piece did not have to be perfect to be beautiful. It had to reflect the human spirit of the knitter. After all, it was created by her. So I must tell you that I've been knitting Julie Berlain's Portsmouth skating hat. There it was again, that pearl bump. I didn't frog this time, however. I just smiled to myself and happily continued knitting.
Thank you so much, Jessica, for contributing your story to the podcast. I will be providing a link to Jessica's Ravelry page in this episode's show notes. If you listening have an interesting knitting story that you'd like to share sometime, please email me. I'd love to hear it. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. And don't forget to enter this episode's Amy Butler drawing. I'll be posting all the details on my blog in the next few days. Well, I think that's it for episode 36. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Until then. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had